Hi friends, this is Abigail and this is the Peak Curiosity Podcast. Today I have Kevin Storm from the new metal band Fleet Burner and their self-titled album that just came out. I have a few thoughts before we get started. Number one, this album needs to be listened to in one sitting from beginning to end. You will do a major disservice to divorce one song from the next. Number two, Kevin is a joy to talk to. He's extremely jovial and lighthearted, even though this album is all about anger and heartache. Number three, this is the most dynamic metal album I've ever heard. As you can tell from this intro music, it is not the stereotypical track one intro you might expect. Um, Also, we spent a lot of time talking about the singer Ken, and you can listen to his interview that I did a few weeks ago on episode number 10. Uh, Make sure to follow the links in the description to download or purchase the album. Um, Thank you for listening, and thank you, Kevin, for doing this interview with me. Uh, My name is Kevin Storm. I am a Dutch guitarist. I'm from the Netherlands, not Germany. People mistake that a lot. It's like Deutsch, but... um, and uh, the reason I guess that we're doing this podcast is because we're talking about the new album that I just did, which is called Fleet Burner. And um, yeah, that you talked to our singer already before, Ken. And um, mm-hmm. apart from maybe that's also fun to mention, apart from being a guitarist, I am also a workshop teacher. So I'm like freelance teacher going to hundreds of schools doing all kinds of um, nerdy workshops so things with artificial intelligence and robots and creating games and stuff like that and uh, yeah I I always say I just have the best job on the planet I only do stuff that I like (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really fun it is man so for just a couple intros I have uh, what's your favorite animal my favorite animal is a red panda, no doubt. I don't even have to think Cute. about it. <laughs> Can I pick two? I, I, one of my dreams is to cuddle a wombat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, my next one. What's your favorite article of clothing? Article of clothing? Um, pants? I mean, okay. I can do without a sock or a shirt, but no pants is no fun. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, were you born in the Netherlands? No, I was born in Belgium, actually. Oh, okay. And it's not that far from here, but I moved to the Netherlands when I was eight. And then my parents moved back to Belgium when I was 20, but I stayed in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you get into music? Uh, very early. I I liked music, of course, already. And I had this nephew uh, who was a lot older than me. And he was like this guitar god in my eyes. He, he had this really big, heavy metal guitar. It was like this huge thing, pointy and mm-hmm. red and everything. And I always admired him for playing that. And um, I got my own first guitar when I was 14 but i didn't count that one because it was an acoustic and then the year after i got an electric and that's when it really started mattering (laughs) yeah now did you just say that your nephew was way older than you yeah okay how does that work um because it was my (laughs) 
aunt's son, and uh, it was from another um, family. Oh, it's it's not nephew. Probably, it, I think the word is cousin. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm Dutch. <laughs> forgive me. I, I think I meant cousin. Okay, so English is definitely not your first language. Then that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so is Storm your last name? It seems way too cool. You to owe me a dollar. <laughs> I get this question so many times. Uh, people ask me like, "Why do you have this stupid stage name?" And it's not a stage <laughs> name. It's my real name. Yes. Uh. <laughs> That's awesome. Were you instantly into metal or how did your music evolve over the years? Yeah, I, I listened to a lot of music, um, but um, maybe not everybody agrees. But as far as I'm concerned with guitar, there's like if you really want to like dive in and do the super technical stuff, it's either classical guitar or flamenco or something like that or mm -hmm. you go towards metal because that's where all the guitar magic happens you know and mm -hmm. um i you know i listen to a lot of music i listen to kate bush and 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 you know stuff like nick cave or or anything basically i i like all kinds of music but to play it's always been metal okay and you didn't have any formal training or did you just over over time learn how to play this good? Yeah, I never had any classes. Wow. Um, I just, you know, you, you start with tapes and rewinding and, and trying to learn how to how to play stuff. Then later YouTube and all that kind of stuff came along. So if you want to learn a technique or a certain song, you can look it up. And But um, I never really played other people's music until a lot later. So, uh, yeah, I, I basically just kind of taught myself and with friends and who played as well and, you know, just hang out and, hey, how do you play that? And, yeah, that's that's how I learned. Do you have a really good ear? Yes, that's that's the one thing that you need. If you really want to learn or teach yourself, then you have to be able to 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 hear the difference, you know, in between this note and that one. And that's also what's what's been helping me a lot because I'm a session guitarist, which means that like bands they call me last minute and they say, Hey, can you replace our guitarist or his mom is sick and you know, that kind of stuff. And wow. a lot of the times it's last minute and they don't have their music on sheet paper or anything. So you just kinda like have to listen to the song and learn it by ear. And uh, I'm, I'm lucky to have the ability to, to hear that. That is awesome. It is, yeah. Uh, random music question, <laughs> just for fun. Uh, what's your favorite key? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> like I said, I taught myself, so I'm like super bad at musical notation. And I play the entire Fleet Burner album on a C-tuned guitar. So I would have to say C. Okay. Yeah, it flows together really well. I figured they were all in the same key. I have a terrible ear. Okay. I have played music. I took piano lessons for 15 years. Okay, wow. And I play can play instruments, but my ear just is terrible. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, you know, but a lot of practice and and there's there's so many different kinds of musicians, you know. There's people who can like read anything from paper and just amaze you and then you ask them, "Okay, now play something 
that you made up and they they are terrible <laughs> yes yes that would be much more the kind of musician that i am <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess we won't write a song together now will we <laughs> no i would not count on it <laughs> so just tell me a little bit about some of the other bands that you've been a part of did you have a place in the songwriting or were you just the guitar player have you ever done singing um i had since i was 18 i've been in all kinds of bands and most of those bands i was um like a permanent member you know so you join a band mm-hmm. and you're in the band and you're doing everything together and for most of those bands i was usually the one who ended up writing the music writing the lyrics and doing the artwork and you know i'm like super driven and i want to go faster faster more 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 um and then i guess a bit later like roughly 10 12 years ago i really started just helping other people out and joining other bands because they 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 have a tour and they need a guitarist and you know just the more session work i did do some personal projects in the meantime so i released like well, it's not a solo album. It was kind of like Fleet Burner as well, like a concept album and a lot of guest musicians and stuff like that. But that was mm-hmm. 10 years ago. That, that was called The Comeback. And then uh, after that, I basically only joined other bands to help out, you know? So it was a lot of session work. Um, mm-hmm. So as a session guitarist, you're never really part of the songwriting or... You know, bands end up asking if you want to stay or, uh, but so far I haven't found the band yet. Yeah. And it sounds like you're pretty busy with your day job too. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Fleet Burner is very much close to my heart and I am working on a, um, a band with friends, a really, really cool band at the moment, but I can't tell who they are yet. Um, but that might be something where I'm like permanent member. So that would be nice to have like a permanent band again, but I'm still session guitarist and, and, you know, open for others. How is the touring life? When I think about it, it seems miserable. Why do you think it seemed miserable? It seems like you would be just so, so tired all the time Uh because you'd, play an exhausting show and then you'd immediately have to pack up and fly or bus somewhere just to do the same thing like it would it would be fun but then it would be exhausting it's like i don't think there's a bigger contrast on the planet of emotions that exist in one thing (laughs) than like touring because it's like 99 percent of the day is total utter boredom Um, that you have to deal with because you're usually you know these music venues are mostly not in the center of the city they're like in this industrial area somewhere where nobody hears you and then you're stuck there all day and then at the end of the day of course it's a lot of hard work and especially for the road crew who has to build the stage and the lights and everything they're working all day but as a band usually you're just waiting for the show and then the show is this huge climax and the best feeling on the planet and you feel gigantic and then the show's over and it's back to boredom, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But it, So it's not quite as exhausting as it looks. 
Well, it it it, it differs. It, it might sound strange, but when you play at a certain level, normally when you're like a small band and you're on the road with your own van and you're playing shows, you have to pack up your gear, you have to load the van, you have to drive the van. And I've been lucky enough to play with a lot bigger bands where the tour manager will actually forbid you to carry the cases and because you're the musician and the show depends on your hands and it's like if you drop something on your foot or you break a finger or anything the show won't go on and all these other people who are there can't work that day so it's you know you get at that certain level where people go you don't do the loadout you don't do the carrying and it's strange but yeah I've I've been scolded a few times for wanting to help, you know. Uh, yeah. So those are kind of my uh, starting questions, I guess. And now we can talk about Fleet Burner. Okay. So my first question is just, well, number one, Fleet Burner is a great band name. How did you come up with it? Well, it's it's just from the saying, you know, um, from burning ships behind you. It's it's like a. It's, oh, okay. it's a saying that you have and I've had it a lot of times in my life being surrounded by people who are negative and you know you think somebody is a friend and they turn out not to be so you decide at some point like okay I have to leave I I, I don't want to share my life with this person anymore and that's like the moment where you burn your ships behind you and I've done that so many times that in my mind it was like man it was like an entire fleet by now so that's how aye, aye, aye. Fleet Burner came to life. I don't know that I'd ever really heard that saying before. No, it's maybe the to burn ships behind you. You mean? Yeah. Ah, okay. Maybe, maybe it's Dutch. Maybe that's not near as much of an American saying. Yeah, maybe it's Dutch. So Ken said that you wrote this album in three months. Two, actually. Yeah. Two. Yeah. That's amazing. Did it just flow off your pen? I was really angry at the time, and that helps. Oh. <laughs> it's um, uh, I was in a band that I don't want to mention the name of right now, mm-hmm. and there was so much negativity going on and so much uh, misunderstandings and things that just turned out not to be what I had hoped them to be. Um, And I made a decision like, okay, from now on, I'm going to do the right thing and make music for the right reason and do it for getting things out of your system, making other people happy, sharing your experience in life. And and maybe somebody else can, you know, benefit from that. And that should be the reason people make music in my eyes. And um, I wrote that album with like that, that drive of this is what I want to do. You know, and it went really, really fast, you know, and yeah, anger is a good, uh, good fuel if you learn how to steer it. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who use anger and they, they will, you know, like turn to others or hurt other people or be angry at people. And I don't do that. I just put everything I have that's negative. Um, I throw it into music or in drawings or something. And then, then it's just gone. You know, I, you're not hurting anyone and it's just. Yeah, it's it's a good way of dealing with your emotions, I think. Now you've mentioned drawing a few times. So are you in are you into drawing and painting or what kind of visual art do you do? A lot. It's like 
I do 3D stuff very basically, but uh, at a very basic level, I mean. Um, I do uh, watercolor, ink, that kind of stuff. I've been drawing for years. I've made a lot of comics, uh, released a few books also, like comic books. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah do you want to name a couple? Um, one that you can probably find over there in the States as well is called Serial Artist. And um, it's about this painter who, it's a very macabre story, <laughs> who hides images of missing persons in his paintings. And there comes a point where start, certain people start to think, wait a minute, maybe this painter is a killer. And the more that people start to think that, the more famous he gets and the more his paintings, uh, you know, the more he earns with his paintings. So to him, it's very important that uh, people think he's a killer. But in the meantime, there's a real killer out there. And um, it becomes this whodunit kind of story. But it's also very, very much about um, how the world tends to put the wrong people on stage you know we we look mm -hmm. up to people who have like terrible characters and and we make them tv heroes and and you know and uh it was like a statement about that like why do we give these people a platform and yeah so that's one mm -hmm. of the books that i wrote that is super interesting <laughs> let's talk about the album itself a little bit i listened to it yesterday well i'd listened to it a few times but yesterday I really tried to listen and take some notes. Okay. Um, so my notes are... So wait, wait. Did you have the interview with Ken before you heard the album? I did. <gasps> oh, that's like an interview no-go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listened to the singles. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Then it's okay. I just had... Yeah. The album wasn't out at that point, obviously. That's true. All right. And Ken didn't give it to you? He didn't. What? Okay, I'm going to have to talk to Ken after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Okay, so uh, can you walk me through the storyline one more time, just in case somebody's here for the first time? Yeah, of course. Um, Fleet Burner is 11 songs, and it starts out with a little boy who grows up in this village, and he sees everywhere around him, sees people hurting each other and war and pain and, and divorce and, and all these negative traits that people have. And he runs away from it, goes to the beach and wants to walk towards the ocean, but he's too young. The ocean won't let him in. And, you know, if he goes any further, he'd drown. So he decides to build a ship, which is, in my mind... A metaphor for growing up and learning to deal with emotions which is the ocean uh, and he builds a ship and he actually manages to get away from all the negativity other people see this and they start to follow so they see his example they want what he has like hey this guy is so happy he's doing so well i want that too but they don't really know why so it becomes this strange we'll follow him wherever he goes but we don't know why and as these people start to follow him, there, um, there grows a fleet of followers, but they're all still doing the wrong thing. So every time they would see mm. an island or land, they go there and pillage and, 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 you know, and try to colonize it and do all these bad things that people do. 
So the fleet burner tries to get away from them. After that, a lot happens. And of course, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's it's very much about dealing with your emotions and uh, accepting the fact, which is really, really difficult. And that's where Ken and I really connect is kind of accepting the fact that the world is not a perfect place and there will always be uh, evil people or people who want to hurt other people or do who don't have the best intentions or and how you deal with that in life is is a very big question that a lot of people uh, struggle with. So that's yeah. that's the main topic of, of the album. I really like it. I don't I don't have any words to say because you've just said it all very eloquently. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. I like it. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I'm, so, I'm curious to hear from you because you heard the album. And was that was that the feeling that you got when you listened to the album? Or what does it say to you? Well, so um, I definitely was getting the rise and fall of some of the emotions throughout mm -hmm. some of the songs like uh i have like it starts out i mean a little bit depressing obviously yeah and it first. starts to feel slightly more optimistic and then when the passenger comes along it's like okay well never mind <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah yeah this is bad this is a bad situation and then uh so on the course let me start over so yeah. it starts out with the childlike optimism And then in the middle, it sounds like a horror movie. Uh -huh. And then in the end, it start it has like a prayer. So yeah. there's quite a range just within that one song. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it just gets more depressing from there. Below the Waves is pretty bad. Yeah. And then it kind of starts to feel slightly more optimistic at the end, but not terribly. It's still been a tough journey. Yeah. It has, yeah. And that's the that's the the... That's been a lot of conversations between me and Ken, you know, because um, he also explained to you in your podcast with him that we are completely different people. Um, mm -hmm. And Ken is so much more than I am. Ken would be the turn the other cheek person. Um, and, you know, he has this really positive, hopeful message where it's, I know that the world is a bad place. I know people will hurt me, but I have to set the example, you know, and that's mm -hmm. more like who Ken is. And my outlook on life is not necessarily more negative. It's not because I, I'm, I'm a super positive person and I try to do the best I can for all the people around me. But I am very decisive in certain things like i will absolutely completely burn this ship to the ground if you hurt me in a certain way you know and i will never look back and i will even if we have 10 20 30 years of friendship it's like you did this i'm gone you know and i don't think ken would be that person um so my story the way i wrote the album ends a lot worse And the word fleet burner <laughs> makes a lot more sense in my version of the story. Um, so Ken and I talked about it. And maybe because you know Ken a bit, um, Ken also really helped me by showing me that there's a more positive way of seeing things and, and um, dealing with things, which is why the album also has this message of hope. And that's Ken. That's, you know, 
So it's like this balance between him and me, basically. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I... that went really dark and deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't quite know how to respond to that. Yeah, well, let me just say Ken's a good guy, and I'm happy he was on board. That was a that was the the short version. <laughs> yeah. So so in the original ending, what was the ending? Did he ever get to where he was going? Um. Well, my version, and it's still. It's still, for a great deal, it's still in the album. My version of the story is that he turns around after all this, these boats, these ships have fired their anchors on him um, and they're just trying to destroy him um, mm -hmm. because everybody's angry with him because he's happy and they're not and why. And they, they just want to get him out of the picture. He turns around and burns all the ships to the ground and the ocean, who the ocean helps him. So... The entire ocean drops away. All these ships sink to the bottom, but there's no more water. So they're all mm -hmm. of them, the fleet and the fleet burner, are standing on the bottom of the ocean, which is land. And they could start anew. They have a chance to say, like, okay, we burned our ships. We're on land. We can create paradise here if we want to. And then in that moment where they're all at that choice, you know, at, the, at that choice, a throne appears and they all start running towards it. And that's where the fleet burner and the ocean, they talk together and the ocean says, this will never change. They will always run for the throne. They will always want to conquer and rule. And you have to cry them a new ocean, drown them all and carry on. You know, you, you, you can't look back. So that's the way my story ends. But Ken's version is more, more positive, more, um, well, let's, I'll try to keep this short. Ken's version is more positive, And I think that's also because Ken is not really a metal musician. And I've hmm. always seen metal as a music style where you, you grab your own sentiment and the things that you feel, you know, and something that happened in your life. And you make it like 10 times bigger, you know, and, you know, if somebody hurt you, they didn't hurt you. They maimed you. They destroyed you. You know, it's like metal. It mm -hmm. has to be big. And then and if you listen to it, then it's like, hey, my life is not that bad. It could be worse. So, yeah, my version was a lot more exaggerated. And Ken is just, yeah, but those people and you have to be nice. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about some of the other band members for a minute? Yeah, sure. Obviously, your drummer is awesome. And <laughs> drummers are the main reason why I like rock in general. I just love the drums. So tell me about him a little bit. How did you meet him? Thomas Miklebust is a fantastic drummer, but more than that, he's a fantastic person. Um, we were both session musicians for a band called Vulture Industries. And they needed a guitarist and a drummer. So we both joined this tour and we were like immediately bonding, of course, because we were the new guys in the band. And um, uh, I, I had a lot of, uh, how do you say that? I was very nervous for that gig because the, the, mm. I really liked the music. And I was like, if I mess this up, I will never forgive myself. And Thomas was like super, super, super positive, and he really got me through that tour. And 
And we ended that tour by, I say this in every interview, but we ended the tour by saying, dude, we should totally start a band together, man. <laughs> and we did, you know, we, we kept in touch after that. And, uh, and here we are. It's, uh, and we have Fleet Burner now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How many members are there? You have a couple guest singers and vocalists here and there, but who are the, the main people? Yeah, it's, it's a bit confusing for people because there's a lot on there. Uh, the core band is Thomas Miklebust on drums, Velimati Kananen, who is the keyboard player. He's from Finland. Then we have Peter Evers, who is the bass player, and he's a super busy man. But he was the, you know, the bass player for this album, so he did all the songs. And then we have Ken as a singer and me doing guitars and orchestras and promotion and merchandise and uh, all the rest. (laughs) Yeah, you've been busy. I have. (laughs) And this has taken a full two years for you from basically beginning to release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and are you tired of it yet? Or do you still like these songs at this point? Well, it's... That's the fun thing about making music with others, because if I, if I had not had all these other people on the album, I would hate it. You know, my version of the of the album that I wrote in two months, um, other people might enjoy that. But after, you know, you would probably recognize it. Anytime you do something or you make something and you look back at on, on it a year later, you're like, I can do better, you know. Mm-hmm. And but when it's different people like the artwork somebody else made it and somebody else played the bass and somebody did this awesome solo and I can just still like it because they did it and there's so many guests on this album that I can actually still listen to it and and go like whoa this Ken is so amazing and you know so it's one of the first times that I actually really still enjoy listening to the album because normally I I don't like listening to my own stuff I had always wondered if musicians like by the time that they started writing and then the the songs were released if they were already tired of the songs yeah and then they have to tour and then by the end of that then they really hate them yeah well that will definitely happen with touring because touring is like you have to play the same songs every night and then you really get bored of it how are you able to keep the energy on tour when you get to that point well because people enjoy it you know, you're looking at like a thousand faces of people who love that song. And, and how can you not get energy from that? You know, that's that's why you do it. And then even if if you don't like that song and I've, I've been with a lot of bands, you know, you know, they have to play this one hit song that they're completely sick of themselves. But you every night you get that energy from people, you know, and it's it's fun. It's it's a different dynamic, I guess. I, uh, when I played piano towards the end of my high school, uh, time, I can't say career. It was not a career. (laughs) (laughs) I was playing these really, really difficult songs that required like hours of practice every day just to get through them. And I only would get to perform them once. Yeah. And then at the end, I was like, I never, I never want to hear that song ever again. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I agree. I know that feeling. Um, So I wanted to make a couple notes about some of these songs. So The Beach, I have forgotten her name, but this is the first appearance of, uh, is it Ignatia? Almost. It's Achnete. 
That's a hard sound for English speakers to well, make. Well, <laughs> next, time, next time you have to sneeze, try to combine it with the word. You'll probably manage then. <laughs> okay, let me give it... Echneta? Yeah. Um, anyway, she sounded amazing in the song. I loved her melody. Yeah. She nailed it. Yeah, she's fantastic. Check out her band. She's it's called Mother Mortem, M-A-D-D-E-R Mortem, and they are so positive and the 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 band is beautiful. They're they're yeah, you you should check it yeah. out. Yeah. I did go and listen to her on Friday. I just listened to one song okay. and it was right after I'd listened to this album, so yeah. it was a little bit rock rocked out. Yeah. At that <laughs> point. So I needed to take a break. Yeah. But I'll come back to her. She is really good. Yeah, she is. Um, And then I have a really funny story of the fleet. So this is at the end of the song. If you can imagine the Aladdin movies, the tiger, um, uh, his voice. No way. No way. You heard it. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you about this later. Go ahead. Okay. So anyway, this guy came on and a little bit of backstory Uh to before i listened to this album it was thursday night and i had just been to the grocery store and it was after nine and it's dark and as a woman a small woman it's a little bit of a touchy situation being out in town that late when it's dark so i was a little bit just keyed up and then i was on my way home, I was listening to the audiobook Dracula, which is all about hunting vampires and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's a little bit creepy. <laughs> so then when this song came on, I just I just was like, okay, this is it. This is done. I cannot deal with any more <laughs> of this horror tonight. So yeah. anyway, it sure gave me the creeps. But in the daylight, it is really cool. Now go ahead with what you were going to say. Well, you mentioned Aladdin, you know, mm-hmm. and... Caleb, who is the singer, um, who did that part, that voice, this album is, it's all metal and and rock guitars and drums and there's like a lot of stuff going on. But one of my big things was I don't want to make this metal album. You know, it has to be more rock, more pop than metal. Metal and screaming and all that kind of stuff doesn't Mm -hmm. really fit in here. So Caleb has this really deep grunting voice he's he plays in this ton of death metal doom metal bands and he's like the deepest voice that that i know of and i told him he he was like no kevin i can't do this i'm not a voice actor and don't make me do this and i'm like you are the voice i need you um and the way i explained him i'm not kidding the way i explained him how to do it was like you have to do it like the diamond in the diamond in the rough from the Disney movie Aladdin. <laughs> and I showed him that part of the, the, the cave that opens and talks. And I said, that's the sound I want because it's scary, 
but it's not like your mom's going to burn all your CDs scary, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, um, yeah. it's, it's like, a, it's scary, but accessible, you know? And I mm-hmm. wanted that tone. And you mentioned Aladdin and the, and the, and it's like, wow, you heard it because that's exactly what I wanted. That's awesome. Yeah. How close was his voice to what you hear? How many avoid, um, effects had to go into that? Ha! Zero. He, no. Yeah, of course there's reverb that we put on it. You know, he cannot sing his own reverb or delay or whatever. But the tones, yeah. everything that you hear is like several uh, layers of his voice. But he spoke all of them. There's no down tuning going on there. That's his voice. No. Yeah, I swear. There's Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's fantastic. Do you have a favorite? Well, yes, I do. Uh, the, what's the title again? Song 10? Is it The Deep? Yeah, The Deep. Yeah, that's the one. That has a special meaning to me because there's there's this friend that is not here anymore. And he taught me this one riff. And mm-hmm. I couldn't play it back then because I wasn't playing guitar that long and he taught me this riff and it stuck with me for years. But then later on, this friend wasn't there anymore and he was like the greatest guitar player that I had known. And I, of course, learned to play that riff later. And I always said, I want to do something with that riff. And it's been on every stage that I've played, I've always played that riff as a sound check or right before I go on stage or whatever. I It's like this routine that i have it's like a tradition every stage gets that riff because it's like i'm taking him with me and that riff is in the song but he was also a massive fan of christopher amott who plays a solo on that song and i told this story to christopher and i was like okay i have this riff in the album and it's this is the story behind it and he said like yes of course and he did a solo on top of that riff and now it's Mm -hmm. like it's so special to me to have his big hero on his riff, you know, and to, to, yeah. to see that come to life was, that was, yeah, that was amazing. So that would be my favorite song. And then I also wanted to mention what I really liked about... I assume you're on the guitar most of the time, right? Yeah, I play a lot. Yeah. So what I really liked is a lot of times in your intros, Mm -hmm. you would do like a sliding harmonies. Okay. And I love that. And I really like how there are lots of common threads throughout the whole song. Um, Like in Passenger and... I think it's open water. You have the is it steel, is it sulfur yeah. line coming back. I like the flashbacks. Yeah. I like the commonality of that lady. I do not want to try to say her name again. Achnete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of how every time she comes in, especially on Passenger, she sounds like 
you almost can't bear to hear it because the harmonies are so discordant. Mm -hmm. But the point is that she is a terrible character in the story. She's just trying to drag this fleet burner down. And I really like the picture painting of it Mm -hmm. and the common threads of the sliding guitars and the lyrics coming in and the characters coming in and out throughout the story. Yeah. It's really cool. And I wanted to ask, I don't listen to a lot of rock, but have I been listening to rock wrong? Because I'd never noticed such a thematic and almost theatrical feeling throughout rock before. Yeah. Have I been listening wrong? I think that, of course, that's personal for everyone, but... Um, in rock and metal, there's like a million kinds of different music. So if you like opera, there's opera metal. If you like flamenco, there's flamenco metal. If you like classical, there's classical metal, you know, and it's, it's all over. There's something for everyone. It's like a harder version of other music styles. But I think the way... A lot of people nowadays write as they do this one thing for the whole album. It's like, this is a death metal record, or this is a post-shoegaze, underground, I don't know, whatever, theme band. And they have this one Mm -hmm. thing that they keep doing for the whole album. And the way I write is, it's like, all these styles are just certain kinds of feelings. They're like, you're angry, you're this, you're that, you're happy, and... If you're telling a story like this album, then you need all those styles. So that's, I don't think there's a lot out there that has all these styles combined. But yeah, I I can definitely recommend a lot of bands that you might like. Maybe you should check out Vulture Industries because that's the one that I joined where I um, met Thomas. Mm -hmm. And those are really... The singer is one of the wisest people I know, (laughs) and he has these beautiful poetic lyrics, and the music is super fun to listen to, and yeah, you should check that out. I think you'd like it. And it sounds a lot more negative than it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, how did the uh, remote recording process go? Was that frustrating? No, not at all, actually, because everybody had their own little home studio, and nowadays it's just super easy to record from home and use plugins or whatever. So everybody on the album is like super professional musicians. So they all don't know what they're doing and they send you the right kind of files. So I just had to drop it in, in my files and that's the way I could compile the album. So that was super easy. Oh, yeah. It seems like it would be really complicated, but you yeah. know. No, I guess it would have been if, you know, the thing is, if you're in the room together and somebody plays something and you're like, I don't like that. And you get this discussion. And if you have to do that online, people send it and you have to send it back and you have to send it again. And But these guys, like almost all of the stuff that I got was like spot on the first time they sent it. It was like, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was a breeze. Now, did you record your guitar first so that they had all had something to follow yeah i wrote the whole album and all the drums and the bass and the thing and it was like a complete album already and they just Mm. um replaced the the things that i had yeah so do you have any advice for some younger artists um yes i would say 
always stay true to the music and not everything that surrounds it. Don't let it go to your head. Uh, if people tell you it's great, that's great. And that's it. You know, uh, it's it's very easy to start making reason, start making music for the wrong reasons. Like if somebody likes this kind of song, I'll write another one like that. And mm. you shouldn't do that. You should always try to make music for you. And if people don't like it, then it's still music for you. That's the reason you should do it. That's my best advice, I guess. Oh, and don't look at YouTube because you will always be depressed because there's a million people better than you. <laughs> don't compare. One question I have. This is a little bit personal. All right. But this album and how you've described it is very... It was born out of a lot of pain and hurt. And I'm wondering how how you're able to make sense of life when you're looking at all of that. How are you able to not be nihilistic and not just drown in the sorrows? Because I have music and because there are that's I play in so many metal bands and it's all this negative music and but if you go there and you watch a show, there's like so many people who gather around that and they're friends and they're connecting and talking and having a nice time and gathering around this music. And um, the fact that Ken made this a more positive story or Veli did this beautiful guitar uh, piano parts and there's so much positivity around the negative that it just mm -hmm. outweighs it, you know? Mm -hmm. And... Um, I, that's why I always try to tell people to find your outlet, you know, to see if you like, you know, sports or music or friends or anything. You need something to to compensate, you know, if something bad happens to you, well, tough, but it's the same for everybody. Everybody has bad, bad moments in their life. You just have to outweigh it by doing the opposite. Fleet Burner is something that started from a very negative start point but beginning of it was all right let's put this in a song and never look back you know and i guess that's a positive thing just one of the lines i told ken one of the most important lines he could change whatever he wanted in the album except that was um eyes ahead chin up run that's to me the core of this album well that's a good end to the formal part, but then I like to ask these same four questions to everybody. Okay. So uh, now I'm nervous. Do you like the <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the Office or Parks and Rec? I don't know both either of them. I, I I've really? heard of the Office, but I've never seen a single episode, and I don't know what the second thing is you, you mentioned. It's a Parks and Recreation. It's the same format as The Office, as a mockumentary type. Okay. And uh, but it's set in a Parks and Recreation office in a small town in Indiana. Okay. And it's it's so stupid, but it's very funny. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, then I'll go with uh, Parks and Recreation because I think it sounds more fun. Um, my next one is. <laughs> In 
<laughs> now, my understanding is that you're not a Christian, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one. So, in the Bible, we have, uh, like, the creation story. We have Noah and the ark. Uh, we have the Tower of Babel. And this all happens between Genesis chapter 1 and 11. And at 11, that's when Abraham comes in. And, you know, he's the the father of of the Jews and everything. So there's kind of some debates on the first of 11 chapters. Is it legendary or is it real history? So what do you think? Um, that's a really difficult question because I don't think, I think a lot of the problems that have arisen around religion start from this question, what's real and what's not. Um, mm-hmm. I don't believe this. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in this. I don't. And I think that's wrong. I think um, I've always seen books like the Bible or the Quran or um, I've seen them as like the Bible is the best book you can read about learning the difference between good and bad, which means that it's a very, very important book, maybe the most important story or book on the planet. And it doesn't matter if it's real or not, because the message is real, the stories are real, the fact that we're still listening to them is real, so it is real. It's there, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, I'm not a Christian in the sense that uh, the way Ken is, but I do believe that good is inside every man um, and you have to find it and that mission is I think what Christianity strives for uh, which is why Ken and I could talk so much you know we we really connect on that level because I really think people should do the right thing Um, and how difficult that is And, and Christianity is something that helps you with that so how can that be bad or how can that not have happened or I mean the books are there so I mm-hmm. guess it happened or it was important enough for people to write it down so and important enough to be preserved for so long exactly if things don't matter nobody cares to copy them and save them exactly exactly and I but if you start looking at everything around it like asking the question is it real or not that's where you get like that's where people start to defer on, you know, they, they have different opinions and they stray away from, hey, wait a minute, this book was about bringing people together, so let's focus on that. That's true. There is a, it's really sad because uh, one of the things that Jesus cared about a lot was unity. And then all of his Christians go around and fight over the words that he said. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. No, stop yeah. that. He yeah. wanted the unity, yeah. and you're totally missing it. Yeah. It is so unfortunate, and you're totally right about that. Yeah, and I guess it. I'm probably not the best person to explain this, but there are a lot of humans who are having this discussion and and about the book and about what he meant and about I have this different vision, and the way I explain it is a lot better than yours, and that's humans. Mm-hmm. And... I know a lot of people who are in the metal scene and also like anti-Christian 
thoughts that they have. But I think that a lot of the anti-Christian thoughts that people have comes from this, from look at all this discussion, look at all this pain it's caused, look at the uh, uh, Christians going to other countries and stealing all the art back in the day and, you know, and and still Mm -hmm. saying it's in the name of Christ because it's not, but it, it was humans that did it. And I think that's where a lot of the negative sentiment around Christianity has come from um, in the metal scene. There's like a lot of, you know, people don't associate Christianity with metal. And I think that's that comes from the human element of it, you know, and people just don't see that. And I, I strongly believe that any type of religion or thought or... Pff, whatever helps you do the right thing if it does help you do the right thing then it's good go for it you know yeah yeah i think that's the most important and people forget that they're like no 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 but in genesis this and that it says this and that line so you have to listen to me and you owe me money (laughs) you know whatever (laughs) helps them yeah yeah it's very very tough i have a very difficult time putting trying to join any politics and things of that nature with religion because we you want read one book and you'll see that this person used religion as a battering ram to do something that was clearly wrong and but they had one or two verses that they could use to say no look i'm right Uh and so that is very difficult for me to figure out like how can i I've taken this in for my life and as I see as a good compass for me. But man, I do not want to tell anyone else how to read it because the chances are that I'm more likely wrong than it's right. It's exactly the same yeah. thing that I was saying about music. You know, people start when they're 14, they grab a guitar and it's like, wow, I can be angry at this thing and I make music with it and it's fantastic. And then you look at them 20, 30 years later and they have this huge bloated ego and, and mm-hmm. tons of money that they're not spending to help other people. And because they're a musician and, and it becomes something and something else entirely. And it's exactly the same with religion and, and music and, and jobs and wherever. It's the human element. You know, people will take something and make it ugly. And, um, but the core of it, the core of religion, the core of music is something that's supposed to be used for good. So the same advice goes with religion that goes with music is do it for you. You know, if the book helps you, don't talk about it to anyone if you don't want to. Keep it for you. That's for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can also imagine if there's like a lot of... Well, what, what happened to the Muslims, you know? When you get like these Muslim terrorist attacks... And then all of a sudden, every Muslim is a bad person, you know, and mm-hmm. that's people are so mistaken about that. It's like it's individual, all of it. It's all mm-hmm. individual and people don't realize it. They think that it's a group thing. Religion is never a group thing. It's always individual. It's, that's my thought, my individual thought. That's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my next one is, do you think that there are aliens? 
uh, well, no, I don't think so. No, I think we're very, very lonely. <laughs> uh, no, but I'd like to see one if if they're nice. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they're nice. Yeah. Do you? Um, Do you believe in aliens? I, on a scale of one to ten, am like a seven or an eight. Wow. Okay. 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 My final one is. Who or what inspires you to be your best self? Um, I would say my own mistakes. And you only make mistakes because of of other people, you know, because you've done somebody wrong or you've made a mistake or you did something that wasn't good or, but it's usually my own mistakes. That wraps up my questions. All right. Um, Would you like... Um, anyone to follow you on social media I mean obviously follow Fleetburner anything personal uh, no it's all everything I do on social is music and band related and so yeah they can go to fleetburner.com or look up Kevin Storm anywhere and they'll probably find me awesome well thank you for doing this with me thank you 